Hello team, welcome back to the Words and Chalk podcast. It's another, what, fortnight, therefore it's another episode. Um, but before we get started, I'd love to take this time to tell you about our next massive live event. The brand new Words in Chalk live show at Metal uh, that's coming up in March, March the 11th to be precise. And we've got a cracking lineup. If you were at the last uh, live event, then well done. Uh, it was a sellout and it was a fucking great night. It's going to be the same this time. So get your tickets. Uh, we'll post a link soon. Uh, but just to give you a little idea of what's happening, it will have a uh, Huzzle Mehmet. She will be presenting and performing. We've got uh, MEP, who was absolutely fantastic last time. Myself, Aaron and Jake will be performing. We've also got Black Ops Poetry, Holly D, Jennifer, Nay, Hunter and Sunny Green. What a lineup! So let's just say it's going to be pretty special. So on with the show. This week's episode is uh, the marvellous MEP and she will be performing her poem Mud Hill. Uh, and what's great is that when Emmy does a breakdown, she actually went to Mud Hill with her microphone and recorded her entire breakdown all around the area. So the history is there and the authenticity is there and the memories are there for, for us to listen to and experience with Emmy, which is great. For those not familiar, Emmy's a spoken word artist, a composer, uh, and she's been a BBC featured poet and musician, which is great. And her main mission, her personal mission, is to raise awareness and destigmatize all the negative viewpoints surrounding mental health and ADHD. So she uses some real honest writing and her dark humor and delves into the minds of everyday people. And she describes herself as passionate, chaotic and scruffy, which are a cracking trilogy right there. But anyway, on with the show. This is MEP and Mudhill. Words. Words. My teenage years look a lot like Mudhill. I don't know why we called it that. It was so much more than mud. That place holds every memory. It's seen my tears, my sweat, my blood. We kissed each other's girlfriends and we blindly called it love. Taking each other's clothes off and drinking Strongbow out of mugs. Collecting change to top up our phones because a conversation don't come for free. And to let my mum know I'm not dead in the ditch, a text is 20 fucking P and it's £2 for a box of 10. Thieving household lighters, lying to our parents so that we could pull all-nighters, bars and verses spilling out every one of us songwriters, nap bites, wet legs from the grass and pockets full of spiders. But we knew how to ruin a good thing and we took it a step too far, doing things we shouldn't in the back of some bloke's car and we were underage but it didn't stop him kissing her, hands in other places and in my adult brain, that's sinister. We passed out under benches, I dared her to drink a bottle of hock. Vomit in her hoodie, in her hair and in her socks. I swear, I thought I'd killed her, I didn't, it's fine. She's 28 now. But I still apologise whenever I see her doing her shopping down the town. Because back then we were family, we were ride or die. 
sharing secrets into a dictaphone and screaming to the sky. Our stars became our nightlight even though we weren't asleep, wet legs buried under blankets trying to warm our muddy feet because summer ain't really summer at 4am, there's very little heat. So we followed flickered lampposts down grey and dormant streets. Fearless in the alleyways, we had our strength in numbers. Snake bite piercings, blackened eyes and slip knot on our jumpers. Kicking cans and holding hands, listening to emo bands. Through a CD Walkman held with a careful grip. Cause if you're moving around too carelessly, you know the track will skip. And we're all angry at something. Cause it's just the modern way. When you're 16 and you're silenced and you've got so much to say, I swear in some ways not much has changed. 16 years on, I still go against the grain. It's embellished in the clothes we wear in now reckless minds instilled. We'll be fighting for something until life pulls the plug. Together, forever, on Mud Hill. Hello everyone, I believe you have just listened to my piece, Mud Hill. Uh, my name is Emmy P and I'm going to talk you through that poem in a minute. As you can hear, well you may not be able to hear, but I'm actually outside and a little bit out of breath because I am walking up Mud Hill. It made sense for me to kind of be on the move and outside and actually walking up the place I'm talking about rather than being sedentary and not moving and I wanted to feel the imagery while I was talking about it Uh, this is one of my favorite poems I've ever written it holds a real special place in my heart and yeah god I'm out of breath I need to get fitter anyway let's talk about my poem Mud Hill I'm MEP let's get into it so let me cast you back I'm actually sitting at the very top of Mud Hill right now and uh looking over this really is like looking over my childhood my mum and dad live lived and still do live literally round the corner from Mud Hill Uh, we moved into the house when I was about 11 years old so all of my formative years of being in secondary school and being a reckless teenager was here as I said, Mud Hill was around the corner. It used to be a lot easier to get to uh, from my mum and dad's house. You'd literally walk up a walkway, but they've tried to make that a bit more difficult now, and I can totally see why. They want to preserve it. It's uh, It backs onto a lo- local nature reserve, and it's it's pretty. And I suppose, naturally, they're fed up of teenagers doing the things that teenagers do there. But, yeah, so it's a bit more tricky getting up it today. So the beginning of Mud Hill... Let me just cast you back to those beginning few lines. So, my teenage years look a lot like Mud Hill. I don't know why we called it that. It was so much more than mud. That place holds every memory. It's in my tears, my sweat, my blood. We kissed each other's girlfriends and we blindly called it love, taking each other's clothes off and drinking Strongbow out of mugs. So, pretty self-explanatory, but really... I don't know why we called it Mud Hill. Anybody who's from Basildon or from the local area, anywhere in Essex that knows of Mud Hill, knows, ironically, it's not that muddy. (laughs) It's grassy. Uh, But everyone knows it as Mud Hill, and I'd love to know where that kind of came from. Uh, And I spent my years... When we first moved into the house, 
we sort of walked around the local nature reserve. My mum and dad were big, uh, big ramblers, so they loved walking. Uh, so always walked through and around Mud Hill. And then when I got to the age of sort of 13, 14, and kind of was discovering who I was a bit, Mud Hill became my safe space. Uh, I lived round the corner from my best friend in the world, Rob, who is still my best friend. And he lived a few doors up. And Mud Hill would be where we went to go get away from our parents who were winding us up, to go and be together and to chat about our feelings, to escape somewhere and have a joint where no one knew where we were. That's, that's where that happened. And some of the most life-changing conversations and ideas and beautiful things happened on Mud Hill. And... I fell in love on Mud Hill and my heart got broken on Mud Hill and I had countless rows with my mum and dad and stormed off and pretended I was moving out and went and sat up Mud Hill when actually I was just going to go and cry on Rob's shoulder for half an hour, get stoned and then probably write a stupid song together. But those years really formed me and we were a real safe space. It's quite, it's quite well documented if you'd sort of know me as an artist or know the kind of work I do that... Uh, I've got ADHD, so growing up as a teenager, I was reckless and and felt awfully misunderstood. And it was nice to have somewhere to go where I could talk about all of that with the people that I trusted. And Rob was one of those people and still is. And, yeah, it's an emotional place. I'm going to carry on moving while I talk about this next bit. It was really important to me that... It was a poem of pure imagery. I wanted it to take take me back to that place. But I also wanted it to take every... Whenever I perform this one live, my deal, whenever I'm at my gig and I perform it, people always come up and comment um, on it because I think everyone has got their own mud heel, if that makes sense. It doesn't have to be heel, doesn't need to be muddy, but everyone's got a place that they went to, whether it was a town centre or someone's back garden or an outhouse or a little hut somewhere or an abandoned building or just walking through... Everyone had somewhere when they were a teenager where they went, where they spent those years. And that's what this poem is. It's, It's talking about the place that made you. And I think everyone's got one of them. And I think that's why... This poem is relatable to so many. And specifically, quite a few things that I speak about in the poem are really sort of true true to their time. So the time where I spent probably most of my years up there was between the years of 2004 to 2007. Maybe a bit earlier, 2003 to 2007. So I would have been 13, 14... Up until I was about 18, yeah. Those were the years where we, we spent most of our time, where you're, where you're too young to get in bars and clubs. You're too young to get in bars and clubs, but you you feel like, you're. I'm, I'm 15, I know everything. I know everything about the world. Didn't have a fucking clue. Still don't. Uh, but you're not old enough to kind of... You don't have a space. You don't fit in with the adults. You're not, you're not a kid. So we had Mud Hill as our... It's almost like our church, our place to go and worship each other and and talk about the things that we believed in. Uh, 
And it's true of that time that these lines in the poem, collecting change to top up our phones because a conversation don't come for free. And to let my mum know I'm not dead in a ditch, a text is 20 fucking P and it's two pound for a box of 10. All of these things are so true to the time. A box of 10, it, when it was 2005, I remember, because that's when I sort of started smoking, maybe a bit before, it was two pound for, a, or it might have even been slightly less, one pound 80 for a box of 10 sovereign. Ugh, Jesus. Box of 10 sovereign was about one pound 82 pound. We used to thieve the household lighters. I come from a, a place where my mum and dad don't smoke. None of my family do smoke, so, yeah. Or matches. That was They didn't have lighters, they had matches. Um, and the collecting changed to top of our phones. It was a space where contracts had just come in. It was like, if you had a mate, oh, yeah, my phone's on contract. They were doing well. They were living the life. Their mum and dad were sort of paying 30 quid a month for them to have unlimited texts and calls. I wasn't quite in that space. My mum and dad have always been the kinds of people that I had to work for the things that I had. So I worked part-time in pretty much every place at that time, fish and chip shop for a bit, Starbucks, local window, selling windows. Yeah, it was all, all very weird, but I didn't make much money and quit jobs very quickly and, and never held down a job. So the jobs that I did have... Because my ADHD, I was constantly from one thing to another and I never never held on to something for a long, long amount of time. So the money I did earn, that's all I had. My mum and dad weren't lending me money. <laughs> I had to work for my money. So, yeah, collect a chase to top up our phones. I was a top-up girl and £10 wouldn't last me very long. I remember text being 20p and then going down to 10p and thinking, wow, that's good. Or it might have been somewhere in between. But yeah, it's it, the poem and that specific bit of the poem is very of its time, early noughties. And we were, we weren't, but I was very much an emo kid. I had friends from sort of all different backgrounds and and belief systems. and But yeah, we all kind of came together on Mud Hill. So I never had a set group of friends that I would hang around up Mud Hill with. I had my best friend, Rob, and he literally lived around the corner so we spent all of our time together. He was my best mate. And then I had my other friends, Shannon and Marnie. Shannon was a couple of years older, Marnie a year younger. So they would spend some time up Mud Hill, but not always together. Uh, and then I had people, my mates Aaron and Nick and Chris, all of them. Uh, oh, Lisa and Daisy and Tasha. I was in a pop punk band with three other girls when I was in secondary school. And I actually think, Jesus Christ, we were... We were kick-ass, man. We really were. I remember it being such a big thing. Like, no girls were in bands. Like, we were the first. We were the first girls that were ever in a band in the universe. But, no, I remember it being a big deal. I remember being the first girl at my school to wear a backpack. And it was hot gossip. Everyone was like, no, no, no other girl wears a backpack. They wear handbags. So it's real... It's like when... Um, I was listening to a lot of Alanis Morissette and then sort of angsty teenage female pop singers were coming through like Avril Lavigne and, and Pink and I'd always been really interested and inspired by androgynous females and, and artists, even Prince by the way he dressed and Bowie and, and then there was people like Alanis Morissette and Annie Lennox who didn't give a fuck about gender identity and just, you know, were their own were their own thing and I wanted to be that angry I was that angry 15-year-old girl who, who followed them, who worshipped them. Um, 
So, yeah, I hang around with those people. Um, another person called Helen Scott, who was our friend. Uh, and then my first ever girlfriend, Kirsty. So a lot of times were spent up at my tea with Kirsty. All very emo of us. Like Kirsty was like my best mate. Like one minute we were girlfriends, next minute we'd have a huge blazing round, we'd just be friends, and then we'd be girlfriends again, and then we'd have another huge blazing row and I would have kissed one of her mates and then she kissed one of mine and then we'd have another row and but we'd sort of spill our hearts out to each other and stay at each other's houses and keep secrets and write each other's names in blood it all got a bit weird but that was emo kids of 2005 I suppose but yeah all of those brilliant moments spent up Mud Hill and when I was at school I was very much a misfit I was very, very sort of reckless and perceived as being naughty, but I had a big heart always. And uh, people who really knew me, for me, and didn't know the ME that sort of didn't wash for days and kicked bins over and threw herself off the school balcony and drunk puddles with straws, everyone who saw through those sort of impulsive episodes and saw who I actually was, the heart of me... <clears throat> they gave me a sense of belonging, really. And uh, I'm still a bit like that now. Still, I keep my close friends close. The people who know me know me. And uh, see that there's much more to me that, than, than meets the eye. So, yeah, this poem is about a sense of belonging as well. I felt fearless when I was with those people. I didn't feel insecure. I didn't feel all of the chaos and the and the and the loudness kind of stopped a bit when I was on my pill. I was sort of the best version of myself. And it's 16, 17 years have moved on since that time. But my heart is still very much there. And funnily enough, a few years ago six, seven years ago, whatever it was, I went through quite a difficult breakup. And before anything, and I lived further away, I didn't didn't live around that way anymore. And my initial thought was, I need to see Robin, I need to go up my deal. And we did. And it was crazy, it was ten years had passed from that time. But the child in me still wanted that same form of therapy, which was my friend and the space that made me feel comfortable. I look back at those moments of my life with some of those moments were very sad and very and very difficult uh, during school and during my teenage years. Coming out at coming out as gay at 15 years old at, at a time when nobody sort of did that was one of the bravest things I think I've ever done in my life but also the most lonely feeling in the world and I was lucky to have a friend in Rob who was who was gay and understood got that so I look back at those moments and whilst they were very difficult they very much shaped me and I look at those people who I spent time with and Chris and Kirsty and and you know the people who I don't spend much time with anymore but will never be forgotten because of the impact they had on my on my life. So I'm forever grateful for them. 
So let's talk a little bit about the structure of the poem. Although I have to say, structure and me do not go hand in hand in, in any part of my life. But especially with songs and poems, I don't write with a clear structure in mind how I piece anything together. So I remember wanting to write about Mud Hill and there were specific things. Uh, going back to that imagery, imagery is really important to me and there were certain things within the poem that are parts of the poem now that they were odd words. I was like, I know I need to include that. So the £2 for a box of 10, I knew that needed to be in there. Um, there's a bit where he's kicking cans and holding hands, listening to emo bands through a CD Walkman held with a careful grip because if you're moving around too carelessly, you know the track will skip. Uh, again, probably one of my favourite bits of the poem. But that didn't come with that sort of rhythm and flow to it. That came with me being like, OK, kicking cans and holding hands, listening to emo bands. That was very evident that that needed to be in there somewhere and it all flowed beautifully but I didn't sort of have anything and then it was £2 for a box of 10 and uh, fearless in the alleyways all of these all of these bits all of these notes I sort of take them down on any bit of paper I have in my pocket it could be a tissue it could be a post-it note it could be on the back of my hand in a book notes on my phone it's always been like that and that's always been my style of writing uh, my hyper focus um, that the, one of the best things about having ADHD is I've got a very extreme passion and uh, quite a impressive ability to create things very quickly uh, in short bursts of time. So as soon as I think something, it's in the moment, I write it down or it'll be on my phone or it, it will go somewhere. And then collectively, all of those bits come together. And once they come together, that's where the musician in me comes out. And like I said, I spent lots of years in bands and as a singer-songwriter and stuff like that. So flow and and rhythm, especially in sort of the later years of my 20s, I really sort of got into rap and hip-hop and grime, which it was quite different for me because I'd always spent a lot of time enjoying uh, alternative music. So fusing my love of those things together, it's the imagery of being a young emo kid from Essex who's loud and proud and, and angsty, but somehow pairing it with some kind of UK Britpop with elements of grime. <laughs> that's the way I see it anyway. And that's how all of those, as muddled as that seems, it was muddled. All of it is muddled. It was all different bits of paper in my pockets and things in notebooks over a space of time. And then I just chucked them all together and it became this poem. Uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> the final bit of the poem was easy to put together because... Because it's kind of... It's taking ownership of times and things and have changed and I've grown in many ways but inside of me, in my heart I'm still 15 year old lost Emmy up my pill and I think it's okay to admit that because I'm at a place in my life now where I understand that every day is going to be learning 
because I've got to put in the work. Life, life doesn't come easy to me. I'm okay taking ownership now. I've made a lot of mistakes in my time, and I know that I've got to work at it. Anyway, the end of the poem, you know the track will skip, and then it says, we're all angry at something when it's just the modern way, when you're 15 and you're silenced and you've got so much to fucking say, and I guess in some ways not much has changed. And not much has changed. <laughs> it's embellishing the clothes we wear and our reckless minds instilled, fighting for something until life pulls the plug together forever on Mud Hill. And genuinely, when my time is up, part of me will still be on the top of Mud Hill. And I will always look back at this time of my life that time of my life, sorry, with the fondest of memories. And now I've got this poem to kind of, as a reminder, and I think I will always perform it at every gig because it's almost a part of my identity now. Yeah. Emotional, a bit deep, finding myself getting teary up the top of my tail. It's time for me to walk back down. That is me talking through the breakdown of my poem, Mud Hill. I just want to say a big thank you. It's a good job we're stopping now because there's a uh, friendly-looking old chap walking towards me. Hello, mate. Yes, old case. I didn't want to say hello, but that's fine. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Big up and big thanks to the guys at Words in Chalk for everything they've done. I did the event with them. I couple of months back and it was spellbinding it was absolutely brilliant and I already can't wait for the next one sold out event and uh, it's really important that we keep local talent and emerging artists and independent writers at the forefront of our community so hope to see you at a gig soon my name is MEP you can follow me across all social media at MEP Mate, E-M-Y-P-M-A-T-E. My debut album, Lights, Chaos, Action, is available across all platforms, pretty much wherever you get your music. Spotify, iTunes. I'm going to head off now. Because not only am I getting insanely out of breath again, I'm now getting to the actual muddy bit of Mud Hill, which I didn't realise even existed until just now. Thanks, guys. See you later. Take care. Words, 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 words.